The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. All right, Mike Hill, my brother, is here. You're looking good, Mike. And uh, I got to tell you, shout out. Your taste, as usual, is exquisite. Shout out Marvin Gaye (laughs) on your shirt. Love that. Yes. So, hey, Mike, look, Mike, I just got to say congratulations because I hear, I hear you got a new podcast. Yeah, new podcast. I do, man. Uh, I do. In, in conjunction with your partner, Michael Smith, and his entertainment company. Uh, shout out to Michael Smith, man, and Inflection Entertainment. They gave us a new podcast called uh, Done There, Been That, where uh, me and my co-host Eunice Elliott, we talk about some of these uh, sports topics out there and kind of spin it in a manner in which everybody who's not even sports fans can relate. So we'll talk about Ime Yudoka and... Uh, you know, Nia Long and will M.A. Yudoka ever be known for anything besides being a man that cheated on Nia Long? So we take those topics and we kind of relate with them because obviously <laughs> I've got a lot of stories to tell and I'm not afraid to tell yeah. them. So I'm looking forward to it, man. The first episode dropped yesterday, so hopefully people will subscribe and check that out for us, man. Well, listen, in honor of your podcast, because you know those who don't know Mike Hill, who, who doesn't know Mike Hill, but for the uh, 15 <laughs> people out there who have no idea what Mike Hill is capable of doing. I just felt like we should begin the show in a different way today. I think we should uh, mm. bounce around like three or four different topics, like four different topics, and then you can just kind of put your own Mike Hill spin on them. We'll have a mini conversation, and then we'll move on to the next topic. You good with that? I, I love it. Let's go. All right. So first topic, well, let's hear from Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll talking about his safety, Jamal Adams, who had some Twitter beef earlier in the week? Here's Pete. Here's Pete Carroll talking about Jamal Adams. Yeah, we've already addressed it uh, with him, and uh, you know, I don't know if it was a great decision at the time. I'm not sure about the, the details of it, but I know that he realized that you know he needed to take it down what he put up, and so uh, we don't want to do. We don't want to be part of that. <laughs> uh, let, uh, hey, let me tell you what part of that was. Okay, let me just uh, mm-hmm. uh, a bridge version. A bridge version. There was a reporter in New York mm-hmm. uh, where Jamal Adams used to play. Adams mm-hmm. gave up a uh, a touchdown uh, against mm-hmm. the Cowboys, and the reporter Connor Hughes says, "Yikes!" Because it was mm-hmm. that was bad job in coverage. For Jamal yeah. Adams winning touchdown in that Cowboys Seahawks game. Adams mm-hmm. turns around, mm-hmm. gives my man's wife in a, in a tweet and says, Yikes to that. Ooh. I mean, like, well, okay, first of all, like, wow. Mike, mm. this is the right or wrong, the right or wrong edition of Brother from Another. Is mm. that right or wrong? Is that right or wrong, Jamal Adams, to make it? so personal like that. 
you, you know what? The whole here's the thing. I'll say it's right because I feel bad for the lady because she ain't asked to get involved in this and she became collateral damage in this entire war. But when you're talking about personal, Jamal Adams wasn't the first one that made it personal. It was the reporter who made it personal. Does he cover the New York Jets or the Giants or does he cover the Seattle Seahawks? So why is he even commenting? Yikes on something that doesn't even involve the team that he's covering. So that was personal in the beginning. And obviously, Jamal Adams said they had personal beef from before. So, yes, that reporter went I low, did. but Jamal Adams dug a grave, and he should. And he yeah, put he both the yeah. reporter and his wife in that grave and buried them. Hey, <laughs> hey, okay, I'm going to say he's wrong, though. He's wrong. Jamal oh. Adams is wrong. He's wrong. Wow. Look, look, is it personal... Oh, oh, I'm not allowed as a sportsman. Okay, I'm a sportsman. Maybe I don't like you. All right. But I don't like you. I don't like the way you play. We do this all the time. All right, today, I don't cover the Lakers. I'm going to talk about the mm-hmm. Lakers if I see something in the game. And I ain't going to talk, talk about anybody's family. Uh, if, if I don't like something, the Knicks, the Giants, I don't cover the Giants. But if I say mm-hmm. something like, uh, if I talk about Daniel Jones, Mm. Am I making it personal? That's what you do. Mm. I'm talking about your job. You just... And if somebody comes at me for my take, they come at me for something I say. Mm. But by, mm. by all means, at me, I ain't gonna read it. But at me anyway. Okay, <laughs> at me. Right. If you got, right. you got, if you got something to say about my job, you like it or you don't like it. I don't find that personal. Hmm. I, I, I see. The thing is. It's because of the past history. I understand because we comment on all types of sports teams. You're in Boston. You comment on sports teams outside of your market all the time. But that yikes comment, you know where he was coming from. That's that connotation that's there. Yikes. Although he didn't say what he did in coverage or or even when he was with the Jets, he had these issues in past coverage or whatever. He just said, yikes. That was personal. That's a zinger. That's like, you know what? Even though you're 3,000 miles away, Jamal Adams, I still have a way to touch you. Yikes. So once again, we are the athletes and public figures are the only people who are supposed to just take it sometimes. I understand you're supposed to be above the fray and not let people bring you down to that level. But sometimes, just sometimes, you got to hit back. And then when you hit back, then all of a sudden you're the bad guy. Now, I understand Jamal with with the wife and all that type of stuff. Maybe he yeah, shouldn't yeah. have brought her into it and he could have done something yeah. different. But personal, oh, I think so. I don't like when somebody says he made it personal. The reporter made it personal first. The reporter, it was it was a personal the reporter may have a personal bias, but he did not go into per I don't think. Now I don't know. Now Jamal Adams said he doesn't like me. So if he doesn't like you, has he talked about a member of your family? Uh, let's just get let's get right to it. Has a member of yeah. your family been a part of it? Like, hey, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the extent. And like I said, I feel I mean, bad for the lady. I don't know. She could be a nice lady, but maybe she don't like Jamal yeah. Adams either. Maybe she should get her husband in check. She's like, I bet. I bet he won't say a damn thing else about Jamal Adams now. Because uh, when he get like, I can see him yeah. writing something about Jamal Adams and going home like, baby, we talked about this. Why do you keep doing this to this man? You know what he's capable right. of doing. <laughs> <laughs> he brought me into it. He probably me, into, me it. into it. It's not fair. And Jamal said, "Say hello to my little friend." That's what he said. <laughs> he just. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, "I, I, I said I'm trying to send a message for him not to mess with me." Okay. Uh, next topic. Next mm. topic. Uh, okay. I need you to hear. I need you to hear. Speaking of yikes, now this this was a yikes take 
times two because this person we're about to hear from said it one time, then came back to clarify and said it again. Here is not not Derek, but David Carr talking Mm -hmm. about Jalen Hurts. I think the only way that they get there, to M. Rob's point, is Jalen is 100% and he is that dynamic weapon in the run game because that creates your offense on the outside and your one-on-ones. Clearly, Jalen isn't comfortable reading through a defense in a drop-back pass scenario. Some would say he's not even good at it. And I think that Mm. when you look at this team, you have to have a serious conversation if you're Philly. And you have to really say, is it better for us to play Marcus Mariota right now and let Jalen get fully healthy? Because I would argue that it does not matter if you're the number one seed. Because if the 49ers come into Philly again, they do not care. They do not care. Raining in Philly doesn't matter. Irrelevant. Like, if you're Nick Sirianni, this is the type of decision and conversation you have to have if you have a big-picture mentality. And I think you can have that conversation, honestly, with Jalen. And if you set him down, that's all Jalen talks about Mm -hmm. is the end result and getting to the Super Bowl and winning that thing. The best way we can do it, they didn't run the football at all with him. Twice? That's not it, man. That's not the winning edge. Put Marcus in there. Win a couple games. Maybe you have the number one seed still. You might have it. I'd say he's probably better playing quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh! Right now, right now, he would be more productive. Hey. Mm-hmm. My ears are bleeding. Bruh. <laughs> uh, uh, My ears are bleeding. And, and I, I wish I could have just like taken a photo mm-hmm. right there of all of them looking at him and what they were all thinking. Be honest, y'all can't say it. Y'all can't say what y'all mm-hmm. what you're all thinking when David Carr was spewing that nonsense. Like, Mike Rob had a thought bubble over his saying? head. Michael Robinson had a thought bubble and said, "Cut this fool, Mike." Seriously, I mean, yeah. look, is he talking? Is he talking about uh, Derek Carr? He must be talking about his brother down in New Orleans. <laughs> I mean, because uh, this is a car whose oil light engine, uh, check oil or check engine light, has obviously come on because there is something that is flashing that is not going up. Mike, it's so lazy, man. If he would have just said, hey, you know, uh, obviously he's hurting and, you know, he needs some time off. Give him a couple of weeks to just, you know, rest up and be better so he's prepared and he's not nicked up going into the playoffs because we know Philadelphia's going to be a great playoff team. I could have been with him. But when he says something about not re- being able to read defenses and read he's not defenses. comfortable here reading defenses, go. that's that uh, negative stereotypical trope when it comes to identifying and talking about a black quarterback. He's great athletically. He can run around all he wants to because that's what we want to see. Lamar Jackson, oh, he's got a great arm. He's a great arm. But when the black quarterback has to think, no, he's not even good at it. So that is the trigger warning for a lot of us out there. And I think a lot of them as well, because you're talking about replacing a guy who just a couple of weeks ago was talking about being possibly the MVP of the league. Right, right, Mike. That, there it is. That, that's the point. If they had won this game, they and not not done the San Francisco what San Francisco did to them. I'm not getting. I'm not going down that road. But let's say they win this game mm-hmm. in a typical Eagles way, trailing at halftime, come back, win it 30 to 27, and Jalen Hurts just like rushes for the winning touchdown, or just tosses the short touchdown and the game is over. It it, it would be such, we're not even having the conversation. They lose a game. They lose a game. Jalen Hurts has been balling out all year. They lose a game and all this kind of bubbles up to the surface. And what's so confusing to me, Mike, is that this is a take that you would have. Okay, somebody on our side, this is a media thing again. Somebody with mm-hmm. our media profile. Hey, been in, the, been in the business for a while, never played the game. Uh, so we say things that 
that sound kind of off in a locker room context. It's because we haven't been in a professional locker room as a player. He sounds mm-hmm. like he didn't play football. He sounds like he ain't got a brother who plays football. He sounds like he doesn't understand the dynamics of a locker room. There's no way in the world, no matter, let, let's say Jalen Hurts is struggling, which he's not. But let's say he's struggling. <clears throat> he's a leader of that team. You can go to your team leader and say, man, we going to Marcus Mariota. <laughs> That's yeah. like, what? I that wish Nick so Sirianni stupid. would. I it's wish so Nick Sirianni stupid. would. And you, you, you're right, Mike. You, you, they, he played quarterback in the league. His brother plays quarterback in the league. He knows what his brother just went through in Las Vegas and kind of what he's going through in New Orleans right now. So he should not even be so insensitive to think about Jalen Hurts, once again, who just the week prior scored the game-winning touchdown and walked off the field like, damn, do I have to answer any more questions? And you're talking about him because he lost against a great football team that can win anywhere with a tremendous defense and a great offense that's not a bad loss, man. They're still 10 and two. They're still going to go to the playoffs this year. And to say, replace him, Mike. <laughs> now, and I don't want to drag Marcus Mariota under the tugs. I don't want him to be collateral damage either, but he brought him into yeah, it. Right, Last right. time we saw Marcus Mariota, you remember he got benched and left the team in Atlanta. Remember that? So, so, so that's kind of like, irony right. there is like, hey, you're not playing well right, right now. I'm going to bench you for a guy who actually kind of sort of quit on his team last year because he got benched. I think he's a better option. Come on, man. Do better. It's really, Act better. it's really, it's really a case study of how many crazy things can you say in like a three minute span? Because not only do you say Jalen Hurts should be benched, that Marcus Mariota is better at playing quarterback that mm-hmm. uh, Jalen Hurts cannot read defenses. He mentioned just kind of on the slide. This is like a really terrible take that not getting a lot of attention. He said that Marcus Mariota and you can run him 25 times. 25 like, like tw- give him 25 carries. Man, DeAndre, the, the, DeAndre so, Swift. DeAndre Swift is like now you coming from my neck. <laughs> yeah, you just, just, maybe, maybe just run the football a little bit more. Maybe give DeAndre Swift a couple of more carries. That's all. I mean, Nick, if you want to talk to somebody, talk to Nick Sirianni and say, hey, maybe a little bit more balance because DeAndre Swift is kind of serviceable. He's really good. He had a great start of the season. I don't see him that often now. I know A.J. Brown's phenomenal, and yeah. I know Devontae Smith is phenomenal, but maybe you should run the football and give a little bit more balance to the running back and not the quarterback. Come on, man. Do better. Uh, uh, 25, 25 carries for Mariota. Anyway, uh, <laughs> sometimes sometimes your employer, uh, you know, sometimes the employer doesn't spend all the money that you want the employer to spend. But in Jacksonville, uh, it may have gone a little bit too far. It's a cheap organization. Was that the case? Was that happening <laughs> on Monday night? Let's listen uh, to yeah. Trevor Lawrence talking about his mm. uh, situation in Jacksonville. Mm. We talked about getting a cart, and I was going to get a cart, and then I'm standing there, and, you know, I'm, I'm already on the sideline at that point. The tunnel's right there. I just wanted to get off the field, get out of there. I didn't know what was going on with my ankle, and I felt like I could get off. And I was like, hey, you're good. Just don't bring it out. I'm going in. And then once I got in there, I'm like, this is a pretty long walk, you know. But I, I was already there, and they asked again if I wanted a cart. I'm like, no, we're going to make it the whole way there. I didn't know there was cameras in the tunnel, you know. So that's kind of <laughs> there everywhere, exactly. So, uh, yeah. but no, it's, of course, we have carts, and, we have everything we need, and I was the one that, that didn't choose to, to take one, you know. So, you guys put that on me. Maybe that was dumb. Maybe I should have taken one, whatever. But um, it's nothing to do with us not having a card available. I don't think that would that would happen in the National Football League, especially here with the, with the crew that we have. 
Mm. Mike, I'm just going to say this. Mike, I'm just going to tell you this. Okay? Mm -hmm. This is one thing. With most organizations, this is not a story. But the Jacksonville Jaguars, I just want to point out to you, because <laughs> it, freaks, it freaks me out still. The player mm -hmm. survey, NFL, uh, NFLPA, player survey last year, and they're going, about, they're going around talking about different teams. Do you understand? I just want you to remember, Jacksonville Jaguars had rats in the locker room <laughs> for six weeks. For wow. six weeks, they had mm. rats. Okay, now, I, I, I know what happens. You know, construction, you live in the city. You know, things happen. Sometimes you might see a rat day one, mm. day two, day three. Mm. You might see a rat mm. after a while. Okay, you come to work, you see a rat for six weeks, Mike. Six weeks. They had six weeks. rats. And they couldn't Rats. get rid of them. Can you imagine? It's amazing they made the playoffs last year. I want I want Doug Peterson to be coach of the year for the he next three be. years. And He's I want awesome. all those players to get bonuses because they went to work with rats mm -hmm. for a month Rats. And, a half. and you're not talking about snitches. You're talking about actual You're talking about like <laughs> that's what you're talking about, like real. <laughs> That's a thing. You're not talking about somebody snitching on the players or whatever. You're talking about the ones that eat one cheese and leave holes. One more time. Do it one more time. One more time. One more time. <laughs> <laughs> not little mice. Because mice are different no. than rats. Right. Oh, rats, yeah, rats, rats are the ones you see in the New York subway stations that look like cats. They look like squirrels. <laughs> oh, yeah, Jackson. exactly. You're like, what was yeah. that? What was Even that? Even though New York's cleaned up their rats, they got a rat czar now. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe, maybe, cute. maybe Doug Peterson should should bench him because he's hurting now, and, and they don't have <laughs> bench him because hey, he's not, say, he's got a high ankle sprain. <laughs> some say he can't read defenses. Some, uh, and some he can't say, read you know. defenses. The hair gets in the way. I don't know. I, I, look, here's the thing, Mike. Let me ask you a question. So you're talented. You're great. You come to work. You show up. You're dedicated. But if you're sick, if you're sick. What does your employee do? If even if you want to go to work, what does your employer do? If you got a good employer, what what do they do? Stay home. They take stay, care, home. stay home. Stay, stay home. home. Don't, take don't, care don't, of yourself. That's what a good employer does. Yeah. I don't care what he said. That is your franchise quarterback. I don't, bro. You better sit your ass on this grass right here until this car comes here. Do we yeah, need? We to, do we need to heliport you? I mean, whatever we need to do, yeah. we need. <laughs> We we, we got to get people out of the stands to bring you in and carry you uh, above their heads to get you to the locker room. You are not walking on his ankle right now. So even though he's trying to say, hey, the organization, I wanted to do this, sometimes you got to protect the player from himself, and they didn't do that. So hopefully he gets back on the field because I don't think he's ever missed a game in his career. Yeah, he's a tough guy. He's a tough guy, but it's not about toughness. This is about, hey, look, hey, Trevor, we don't, even if you have to talk him into it, we're not sure what it is. You got to lie to him. We're not sure what it is. It's very serious. Walking on it might add three more weeks to this. So let's just sit. Uh, let's get you on this. Let's get you on the cart. But oh, we got a couple of rats. We, we got a couple of yeah, rats. Right. You can just ride on their let back. Let the rats carry him. Yeah, so let the rats carry him. Like a whole fleet of a whole fleet of rats. <laughs> just carry him. Carry him to the locker right. room. And it, mm -hmm. and they didn't even think of it. It didn't even occur to them. He should have been. There should have been a great scene of him doing like this. No. If it waving yes. the cart away, but the cart never arrived, which is mind blowing. Anyway, mind blowing. This always starts arguments. The best six, seven players ever in NBA history. Everybody's got their list. Here's Jason Tatum's. Take a listen.
Give us a top 10 all time. I was at your golf foundation and I damn near got disowned because I was arguing Tim Duncan top five the whole time. So I want to know. Top five all time? Top five. Uh, we'll do top six all time and top five current players right now. Mike, Brian, Kobe. Mike, Brian, Kobe. It's tough. I, I want to say Kareem. I never like. I didn't see Kareem play, but I respect mm-hmm. what he did. So, Mike, Brian, Kobe, Kareem. Magic and stuff. I ain't say Shaq. Shaq like seven. Yeah. Shaq mm-hmm. be all right. <laughs> seven is a good place for Shaq. Mm. <laughs> all right. Uh, who, who usually gets? Uh, tell me, because there's always. It's everybody's got their list. Who usually gets left out of these discussions? In this case, there's no Wilt. Um, mm, mm-hmm. Politically, he plays for this. He plays for the Celtics. Eh, you might want to mm-hmm. give a little wink to Bill Russell. If you don't want to give a wink to Bill mm. Russell, you might want to give a wink to Larry mm-hmm. Bird. Anyway, no Larry Bird, no Bill Russell, uh, no Wilt, and no Tim Duncan. I, that was Evan Turner there mentioning Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan, right. I feel like is the one who <clears throat> usually gets ignored in these lists. Who's that guy? Mm-hmm. Who are those guys who should be in this conversation that kind of get pushed aside? I feel like people like the ones that, especially the ones that didn't win rings, Carl Malone, great power forward, never, ever included in a top 10 list. John Stockton, never, ever included a top 10 list. Tim Duncan is the main one, though, because Tim Duncan is considered the greatest power forward of all time. And you never hear Tim Duncan's name even mentioned when people are talking about top 10, top 15 players of all time, which I think is a travesty. Sometimes you hear Dirk Nowitzki's name before you hear Tim Duncan's name, which I think is pathetic, which nothing against Dirk, but I'm just saying Tim Duncan's that kind of guy. But I think we talked about this once before when it came down to, like, just the exposure that some of these players get. And like when you talk about the kid that's in in Denver right now, who's winning all those MVPs, but people just don't know who he is because he's not one of those marketable guys. And that's exactly how Tim Duncan was. His game was so fundamentally sound. It wasn't exciting. They just won basketball games and you kind of forget about him, even though he was great. And I feel like it's Tim Duncan. Yeah. And how do you feel about this? As we, uh, as we put the music on, see, this is good. The range of Mike Hill just shines through again. How about Elijah? (laughs) Akeem, you know what? This is his daughter just uh, Akeem, oh yeah, ask Shaq. <laughs> ask some of the best centers uh, back in the 90s how good Akeem Olajuwon. I think he just he revolutionized the game before we even knew the game was being revolutionized. He was the first big man that could play outside, had handles, could shoot the J and all that type of stuff. Akeem could play in today's basketball world and dominate. How do you feel though, in Boston real quick, five of the top seven are Lakers and Jason Tatum. Mm, and you're in Boston. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, I, I, I'm not upset about it. But you know what? I might, I might just throw it out there, start trolling, get something going. I might stir something up off of that. You know. But then you got to ask, Tatum. who is Larry Bird going to replace? Yeah, but but how about Will? Though I mean, I, I'm forget about the whole Lakers. How about Will, who's also a Laker? <laughs> I mean, if you really mm-hmm. want to break yeah. it down at some point. <laughs> yeah. How is Will off that list? You don't have Will there. Wilt's on other kinds of lists. He's top one, and there's okay. only one when it comes to Wilt. <laughs> if you know the list I, I'm talking but, about. 
He said that though. I don't know if I believe it. He, he, believe it. He, he making he, he making rat noises. <laughs> Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. It is what it is, man. I mean, they obviously the guy was probably a little early, but at the end of the game, they're letting guys play. Um, I'm kind of, I'm kind of about that. I really, you let the guys play and let the guys win it on the field. Um, but uh, it's hard, it's hard, it's a hard job, man. So uh, it's not. When we're in that situation. I can't be wanting a flag. I have to try to go out there and win the game myself and with the rest of my teammates. Uh, it's Patrick Mahomes uh, after mm-hmm. their loss to the Green Bay Packers. And uh, this happens. Uh, Mike Hill and Mike Jones, three mics here. Uh, I love that. I love when we go three mics. But, three mics. you know, this happens mm-hmm. after uh, high-profile games, uh, when th- those games are the focus. Either the games are the focus or stars involved and officials <clears throat> do something wrong. We always come back to the should we have part or full time or should we have these part time employees who are bankers and accountants and school teachers and judges, Mike Jones, should they be full time officials that comes up and we got to do something about the officiating on and on. How do you see it? And is this just a cyclical thing, uh, Mike Jones, or it, are, are we really at a critical point when it comes to uh, officials? And we is this lower than we've been ever? Um, I think it feels like it's lower just because technology is better. I mean, you have camera angles every single corner of the field and the stadium. And they turn this stuff around so fast that we are seeing the replays on TV, sometimes faster than they are seeing it on the jumbotrons in the stadium. Um, And so that's why it feels lower because we're seeing it better. I mean, just think about the end zone, the goal line cameras, the first down marker cameras, all that stuff that wasn't there before. Now, I don't think that it makes a difference whether these guys are full-time or part-time. I mean, you're still a human and you're still going to make mistakes. I don't know if you've ever refereed even a youth sports game, there's a lot going on and it's hard to Mm -hmm. make quick decisions. And then it gets faster. And if you sit on a football sideline, a pro football sideline, you know how fast the game is moving. And these guys have a split second to make the call. And sometimes they're going to be right. Sometimes they're going to be wrong. 
My thing is because we have this technology and because we've seen it work, they need to put a sky judge in. They need to have somebody in the booth, mm. that person who's reviewing, and they, just like the XFL uses, 25 seconds to review the play, change the call, and then move on. Because why would you not want to have every tool possible to make sure that the game is as credible as it needs to be, that they get the calls right? There were four bad calls in the last, like, two minutes of that game. Yeah, and exactly. if you had a replay official, if we were seeing it just like that, that quickly, because the argument's always been, oh, it's going to slow down the game. Not to be challenged. I think you make it to the last four minutes of the game. The booth replay guy mm-hmm. can review the play, radio down to the head of referee and say, hey, this got to be changed. Hey, got to review this here. Um, and that's when the game is on the line. Not the rest of the game, but when the game's on the line. And then you don't have this. We're talking about Jordan Love coming of age. We're talking about Matt LaFleur coaching this team to a turnaround. Or we're talking about Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes delivering more of his heroics instead of talking about referees. This is avoidable. My, my question is for both of you guys, Mike, is why won't they do that? Why won't they expand replays? And I don't even think maybe the last four minutes, but the last two minutes. And I don't think having like full-time referees is going to make a big-time difference because – Humans make mistakes. We've seen that in the NBA, the timeout call against Phoenix the other night uh, when it should not have been a timeout call. We saw Georgetown lose a game the other day when a guy's foot was clearly out of bounds when he banked in a three at the buzzer or whatnot. So the last two minutes of the game in all these sports, wouldn't you much rather get it right? And even if it kind of comes at the, the cost of the referee being a little embarrassed, then having somebody saying, hey, you know what, you cost us our season or maybe uh, playoff uh, implications in some in some instances. No, I totally agree with you. And, you know, if I'm a referee, I like having that support. I mean, look, all of us have editors, right? You know, we work really hard to produce really good copy, but we have an editor that has our back to help us catch things and make sure that we get it right. Well, we're not replacing referees. We're not saying that. You're saying just give them more support, give them more tools to do their job well. And most of the time, they do get these calls right, the majority of the time. It's just, you know, some here and there that we're seeing and in big moments, big games. And again, this is something that it could be avoidable. I asked several people who are well plugged in in these talks, and they're like, oh, well, you know, we tried coaches challenging the past interference, you know, and it didn't work well. I said, no, I'm not challenging, just like a booth review. And there's just a little bit of a stubbornness, not really wanting to change. You know, once Jerry Jones gets burned with the game on the line, yeah. then mm-hmm. he'll be yeah. like, hey, guys, we got to change this because it's got to be an influential yep. owner. And then we'll yep. see the NFL, like, yeah. make a change. But right now, these owners don't I, care, and, you know. And, mm-hmm. yeah, and Mike, uh, you know, they didn't, they didn't try pass interference. They had an agreement. That was like... It was like uh, NFL coaches going up against the referees union. I remember that year. Every time mm-hmm. they challenged pass interference, and it'd be clear as day, officials come back right. like, "Ah, nah, sorry, not pass interference." It's almost you know, what, like, what, wasn't that the case? You, in, can't, oh, sorry, cha- you y'all... can't challenge my authority. The Saints and Rams when they played that playoff game, well, I thought they were going to make changes after that when it, that was that blatant pass interference call. So, I mean, yeah, if yeah. that can cost you a Super Bowl berth, I mean, like. I thought they were going to make yeah. changes when it came to pass interference calls and things like that. But, so, it, but yeah, you know, right. Mike's right. Hey, hey, Mike Jones is right. Now, if that had been, it was the Saints 
being cost a trip mm-hmm. to the Super Bowl. If had it been the Cowboys, had it been the Giants, had it been the Patriots, like my point mm-hmm. is that more influential the owner had it been the Ravens, uh, the mm. more influential the, the owner, Steelers. Uh, things Steelers. somehow somehow things get done. Oh, I don't know if we could do it. Oh, it would it would happen. It would be done before the start of the next season. The owner was not influential enough, uh, didn't carry enough weight to get that thing turned around. Let me ask you guys this, uh, because uh, you guys look like, and I know you're both hardworking brothers, and so you probably don't get enough sleep. And I'm going to mm. recommend Patriot Steelers tonight. Both of you text me. I want to get a text from both of you after both teams have scored an offensive touchdown. And I'm going to say that I won't get that text tonight. I don't think both teams wow. are going to score an offensive touchdown. One of these teams, probably the Patriots, uh, will not score an offensive touchdown tonight. There will be touchdowns. They're going to be, I think there might be more touchdowns on defense than offense. Mike, wh- wow. why? Why? Why are the Patriots with Bill O'Brien as their old coordinator, who's not like he's not the best offensive coordinator I've ever seen, but he's better than this. Why? Why, why do you think the Patriots suck so much on offense? Fantasy. Because they don't have any talent. They don't have any talent. The Patriots don't. Uh, Bill Belichick is the guy who calls no all the talent? shots, and he really messed up. No, I ask around the league. I'm like, why are they so bad? And, and talent evaluators from other teams are like, dude, they got no team speed. Hey, what kind of difference makers? Who scares you on that team? They said, really, he's not done a good job for years. Did a really good mm-hmm. job of continuing to find guys, pieces that fit into the puzzle. And they had good depth. Um, they had guys that fit perfectly for what they needed. They don't have anybody that scares you. They don't have, again, speed that rivals other teams. They don't have, you know, difference makers. And so that's why um, you're seeing them, you know, you got to have something to work with. Bill, Bill O'Brien is smart, but if you got guys that are slower, half a second slower, um, you know, whether it's offense, defense, yeah, that that's why this team isn't doing well. And, you know, teams talking about, okay, where's Bill Belichick going to coach next year? Do you really want Bill Belichick right now? Because Bill Belichick, the talent mm. evaluator, is not what he once was. Just don't make him your Maybe GM. it's just a head coach. Maybe, yeah, just yeah, a head coach, your- but not a GM. But you think he's going to want to go somewhere and not be that guy? We may not have a choice. Hey, hey, look, (laughs) as as Mike Hill has in his feed, life ain't fair, okay? Life ain't Mm -mm, fair. mm -mm. So do you want to? Do you want to? Uh, We all uh, have things that we want to do that we are not uh, able to do. But I got to say this. Before uh, before you go, Mike Hill, I want to shout out some creative teachers, some creative teachers who are using – the play on the field, touchdowns and yards, mm-hmm. unlike the Patriots, uh, <laughs> a, a teacher who is looking at offensive production and dynamism and bringing it to the classroom. Check this out. Mm-hmm. Now let's get into the math, okay? So we have our total yards. He was at how many yards before this game? 1,324. 1, how do we figure out how many yards he's at now, Adrian? Add what? 1,000. 30, no, 324 plus 157. Okay. How many total yards does Tyreek Hill have now, Lauren? 1,400. 
481. So we take 2,000 and we subtract 1,481. Beautiful. <laughs> How many yards does he need now? 519. 519 yards left. Oh my! So close. We need to figure out what's his average now and what do we do? Divided. How do we figure? Divide it by what? Divided by the number of games left. Divided by the number of games left. Well, let's talk about it. How many what? games are left? One, two, three, four, five. There are five games left. Wow. Okay. Man. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Mm -hmm. That's good. Using, that is. using, uh, using pop culture, sports, and bringing it to the classroom. And you know what? Those students really have to be pretty good at math to figure out the numbers that Tyreek Hill is reaching. Now, imagine if you're trying to do that with the Patriots. How, how many points <laughs> did they score this week? Zero. <laughs> <laughs> so what's our number? Same as last week, teacher. Same as last week. <laughs> Ain't nothing changed. Can we get some minus? The over under for this game is a, a low for the last 30 years. It's 29 and a half, the over under for this game. And people in Vegas are betting the under right now. That is how pathetic uh, this game is. And Mike, I wouldn't Mike, bet the under. You're talking about like a cure for insomnia. I mean, you ain't say nothing about torture. There is no way in hell I'm watching this game. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I refuse to do that to myself. I love myself too much. I won't. I'm sorry. I'll watch the highlights if there are any highlights. <laughs> Mike, yeah. Mike Hill, yeah. appreciate you, brother. I, I'll tell you though, but don't bet that. Don't bet that uh, under. Don't go with the under. Oh, it's too, it's too <clears> close. <throat> it can be. It can easily be 17-14. Then you lose 17-14. Ah, I think it's you. Who gonna score 17? One of them ain't scoring 14 points. <laughs> I think it was 1993. The Jets beat the Redskins three to two. We might be like that. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Oh. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Four words. Zero, zero tie. All right, welcome back to Brother from Another. Um, you know, we have talked about this. I, I remember uh, Mike Hill and Natalie. I remember right after Ant-Man, the new Ant-Man movie came out, mm -hmm. and we were just, uh, Mike and I, uh, just going on and on about Jonathan Majors and how his star was rising and just a really talented guy. And 
uh, just we're just really excited about all the work that he was doing. And then shortly after that, uh, this story that is uh, now we, that we're, the case is playing. I think we're in day five or day six of the case is playing out right now where he is accused of assaulting and harassing uh, his, his ex-girlfriend. Uh, we, we hear a lot of uh, we hear a lot of accusations and uh, stuff that is ugly. <laughs> Let's just get down to it. It's just some ugly stuff thrown the way thrown at Jonathan Majors and some people have kind of distanced themselves from Jonathan Majors Marvel some of his Marvel projects might be on hold uh, some people don't really want to be associated with him uh, until they figure out what's going to happen with this case and as I've been reading about it I said to Natalie the other day uh, I think we should talk about it and I really want to talk about these things uh, and I love Natalie. I love your perspective. Uh, I love your perspective in general. But when we talk about these uh, issues, uh, you give us some of the smartest and uh, most genuine mm-hmm. stuff that that I've heard anywhere. So I, I'll just let you uh, take the floor, particularly with Jonathan Majors and what stands <clears throat> out to you, or what what really uh, I, I guess. I, you know, Resonates is not the right word, but what resonates with you when you think about this case? It, it's sad, you know. Um, look, the trial will pre- play out the way that it will play out. Uh, you know, it's uh, there's a lot of the same commentary we sort of always hear and see when these kinds of matters happen, and particularly when it involves a black man who is successful and famous and all of these things. So there's a lot of, we have to wait, let it play out. There's already been so many attempts to try to discredit, you know, his his ex, the victim, the survivor, however you <clears throat> want to refer to her. But, um, you know, trying to smear her campaign, you know, smear campaign, trying to discredit, you know, her credibility with things. And that typically happens um, in these kinds of matters, unfortunately. You know, I think one of the things that she testified and said was that um, to keep her there, um, he used like, you know, threats of like suicide, which is often, you know, in cases that involve domestic violence, a lot of times the, you know, someone will say they're they're, going to hurt themselves, they're going to kill themselves, and then you stay because you don't want them to hurt themselves or experience that. And I, I've experienced that, you know, like trying to break up with someone and then like he went and like got into a car accident and was like, oh, you know, like I, I just didn't know what to do and I, I wasn't paying attention. I drove off the road. And so you're like, oh my God, I don't want this person to like kill themselves. So it does resonate with me um, because I've experienced some of this. Um, but it's just, it's unfortunate that we keep seeing the same cycle of events occur. And I think one of the things for me, you know, that I found surprising as we've waited for this to play out, I think there was like a video that got released um, some months ago and it was like Jonathan Majors breaking up a fight. And, and people just didn't think it was real because it looked like it was attempting to like make him look like the good guy. He's dating Megan Good now, apparently. And so there's been lots of pictures of him with Megan Good holding hands. And that's that's another layer of this that I don't think we're going to get into. But it's like, why do we have to now have him with a black woman to be there to support him, be by his side through these things? I'm not Megan Good. 
So I'm not trying to say their relationship is real or not real, but these are the conversations that are happening, you know, around this matter. And so we have to, we do have to let it play out and we have to see what happens. But there's a lot of accusations. There's a lot of claims. People can read what was initially filed. Everyone's going to come to their own conclusion. But I believe the accusations that have been made against him. You believe it? I believe I, it. I, Mike, mm. are, are you there, Mike? Mm. Uh, have you, I'm here. Are, yeah. are you there at that point where you can say you believe the accusations or are you still uh, just kind of weighing the information? I'm weighing everything. I mean, look, here's here's a here's the way I look at it, and I'll just have to put it in a personal standpoint. I've been in a situation where I've been in the blogs and people have accused me of doing something that I did not do. Um, now, what Jonathan Majors may or may not have done, what Diddy may or may not have done, I don't know. Uh, I am the type of person that on both sides, I want to wait until it all plays out before I make a decision. Now, I may be leaning a certain way and saying, well, okay, it looks guilty where there's smoke. There's obviously there's going to be some fire and people have made mistakes in the past. But is this person being accused or is, are they guilty of what they are being accused of? Not for certain behavior, but what they are being accused of. And obviously there's going to be a lot of judgment from a lot of people. Uh, from a PR standpoint, just like she mentioned, when this, he comes to breaking up a fight, oh, is it fake, is it PR? Is the imagery now that he's with a black woman, is that because, oh, he was with his white woman before and all of a sudden, is this just a stunt? Uh, I don't know, I don't know all the details. I know that those types of things exist, especially out in Hollywood. You got all these publicists that wanna try and tell you what to do to get through these types of things. All I know is that when everything is played out in the court of law and not played out uh, in the court of public opinion or in blogs where they don't necessarily put all the right story or the right information out there, or just he said, she said, of the going back and forth. Oh, you hear what Diddy did before? And he's, oh, he's capable of doing this. And he was responsible maybe of this person's death and all that. I, I, you know what? You hear it and it sinks in, but until everything plays out on both sides, even with the, the victims, because the victims get blamed as well. Why was she there? She's 17 years old. The parents are at fault. I don't like to hear all that type of stuff. But what I will right. say when it comes to a sexual assault or anything like that or any kind of physical assault, I do not ever condone a man putting his hands on a woman in any way in which she does not want to be touched, period. I don't care if it was one or 30. So when men come out and they say, well, all of them can't be telling the truth, they don't all have to be telling the truth. If one is telling the truth, that is enough for me. And I hope that person gets the justice they deserve. And the person who did this heinous act gets the punishment that he or she deserves as well. Mike, can I ask you a question? Um, in terms mm -hmm. of how it all plays out. Let's say, you know, there's an outcome in this case and not just this case, but in general, do you let the outcome of cases determine your ultimate opinion? Because, you know, and we can just take this away from this topic for a little bit. Mm -hmm. We mm -hmm. know that the outcome of cases doesn't necessarily mean someone did or didn't do something right. It's so, about yeah, so what, let's, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, let, 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 I understand where you're going with that. So when I say the outcome of the case, I mean, I want to hear all the information okay, and I can judge. You. Now, I understand that there are people held. There have been plenty of people who have killed black men in the street and gotten away with it. Yeah. Doesn't mean that they're not right. guilty. But once I hear right. for myself, because what I will do is I'll do my own research. One thing I will do that, I'll, you know, and I know a lot of smart, just like you guys will do, you'll go and read. 
I'll read the cases. I'll read if I really want to know before I make that decision, I have to read all the information and then I can make a very smart decision and not based on a decision or the judgment or the opinions of other people who may be, right. be out there who might be trying to control the narrative or whatnot. That is not what I'll do. So when it comes to, you know, the, the Cassie situation and all that type of stuff with Diddy looking at it. Yeah. Did I say, oh, wow, they settled very quickly. There must have been something that he had done wrong, which he's wrong. He should be he should pay the price for it literally and figuratively for it. But when it comes to other information like the R. Kelly, R. Kelly, he did it. I know. I saw, look. I, I read everything. I know what he's guilty of. He's in jail. He's supposed to be in jail for what he, he's done, right? He did it, uh, and, and he's been doing it for years. But when it comes to certain yeah. cases, like I will not get caught up in listening to what the rhetoric is out there. I'll have to decide on my own. For sure. You know what, uh, Natalie? Natalie, with your legal background, help me out here because I, because I know, I know, I know. There's a strategy. There's a legal strategy everybody has. Okay, this is what we're going to do. Uh, we will highlight the areas where we feel like it's strong, it's in our favor, and we will kind of uh, uh, ignore or talk around the areas where it's a little murky or we're weak. So we're not going to highlight those. I say that because Jonathan Majors' attorney in opening statements said, hey, this case, this is very simply a case about a woman who has, talking about the uh, accuser, a woman who uh, uh, says my client did a certain thing and the only other witness there, this is what she said, it's about the credibility of this woman and the only other witness said she was a psycho. Okay, that was the attorney's mm. take. She's got no credibility, the attorney is going there. And said so she's got no credibility, even the driver in his car where all every uh, the things happen, even the driver said she's a psycho. So I took that comment and I said, okay, if the case is that simple, why are you then going to bring up, hey, she had an ex-boyfriend who committed suicide. Right. Attorney, attorney mm. brought this up and uh, the, uh, Majors' ex runs from the courtroom, has to run out of the courtroom crying and then comes back and the judge says, okay, we're going to go in a different direction. My point, Natalie, is if the case is so cut and dried, why take us down these side roads. Why throw everything in there if you feel like a jury can just look at the information and, and go from there? Because it's not cut and dry. And these are typical tactics. And as an attorney, you have to do what you have to try to do to defend your client. But, you know, it's not just that accusations like this came out about majors. When this came out, other accusations came out about him about just kind of being a bully, you know, he's like just other things. And, you know, what I, what people should just think about, you know, sometimes is that when one person comes forward, right, it then often mm -hmm. makes other people feel safe enough mm -hmm. to come out right. and bring things forward. And in the entertainment industry, in the music industry, mm -hmm. and I'm sure it's rampant everywhere, but I'm going to talk about hip hop because I know we're going to talk about Diddy a little bit too, but it's just like, in those places, a lot of things happen and they just get covered up, you know, like yeah. I interned, you know, like in that world for a while and I decided it wasn't for me, but I know lots of people who work in it. And like when claims had come down about like other people in the past, like Russell Simmons, people told me like, oh, this was a well-known thing about him. You know what I'm saying? And people mm -hmm. don't speak up. They don't say things because fear of retribution. 
you know, all these different things. So a lot of things get covered up and then until one brave soul finally can come out and do something, right? And then the floodgates open. And so we do have to let a lot of these things play out. But this rush to just determine that all of these people are lying. And a lot of times people haven't looked at the facts. They haven't not the, they haven't read the transcripts. They haven't looked at what's been alleged because and look, by the way, I get this because I'm struggling with this too. Bad boy. That's the soundtrack to my life. OK, I used to say mm-hmm. I wanted to be the female puffy. OK, you couldn't have told me I wasn't going to marry Mason Betha. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> I was I was all about this. So it's 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 like. I understand the needs also want to like just go up and go to bat and defend Diddy because it's like this person whose music I love this person, you know, now it's like, man, they did all this stuff. It's like some people who struggle to listen to R. Kelly's music now versus not listen to it. So I understand there's so many dynamics at play, but we have to separate those kind of attachments and and read what's being alleged and form an opinion. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. And I'll just say, uh, uh, Mike, we got uh, just about in our final minute, you know, Diddy releasing a statement because now I think there are four, I think it's a total of four sexual assault uh, yeah. allegations against uh, Sean uh, uh, Diddy Combs. And so mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot, including the, the, the latest one, a 17-year-old girl, 17-year-old girl saying in 2003 yep. uh, she was gang raped by uh, three men, one of one of whom was Diddy. So we'll <clears> see. But I think the, the takeaway is we got to have these conversations. I think it's healthy for all of us. We got to mm-hmm. have these. We can't be so defensive or we can't talk right. about things that are painful and that uh, and talk about people who matter to us and who have mattered to and the culture. Necessary. We got to have it. Yep. Thank you both. Thank you. Thank you. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.